Hello and welcome to yet another episode of 177 Nations of Tasmania. And today I'm talking with Grace from Vietnam. Now the Vietnamese community has played an important role in Australia's migration history and continues to be one of the largest and most significant migrant communities in Australia as a whole. The community is relatively small in Tasmania with perhaps just a few hundred members of the population, although that number has been gradually increasing over the last decade or so. However, Grace is not what many people would consider to be a typical Vietnamese girl. And she's done some really interesting and, might I say, rather adventurous things since she's been in Tasmania, which has been about eight years, I believe. And I'm really looking forward to sharing some of those with you and hearing more about some of her experiences with adjusting to life in Tasmania and what some of the things have been that have helped her to be successful. So, Grace, could you start by telling us when and why did you come to Tasmania? So, I arrived on Valentine's Day in 2012. Uh, I remember it very well. It's quite special. So, I always I had always wanted to study abroad to broaden my experience. And especially um, at uh, that time, like eight years ago, I was seeking some better quality education uh, outside of Vietnam, especially with English. Like, I never had a chance to properly speak English in Vietnam. I was looking at options to study abroad. And um, initially, I wanted to go to Adelaide because, you know, the beautiful university there and the good tuition fees compared to uh, Sydney and Melbourne. And uh, my uh, education agent, yeah, she suggested me to go down to Tasmania to study because like a very good um, tuition fee offer and also it's like the only university of the state. It's quite high quality. And at first I didn't want to because I was like Tasmania. I've never heard about that area before and I don't even know where it is. And uh, I, I didn't even know where it is and then um, she spoke to me more about it and I was intrigued because like you know something different mm. so uh, and then especially like the main drive was that the tuition fee was half of what was offered in the mainland at that time so okay up I went to mm. uh, to Tasmania uh, and what what did you study I did accounting like because I was doing like a bachelor of finance in Vietnam at the foreign trade university in Ho Chi Minh City um like all Saigon and so just to continue my business study I did a bachelor of business majoring in accounting and finance because I I heard that with accounting I can immigrate I, I can migrate to um, to stay in Australia for a long time and also um, gain experience and maybe establish a new life here so I decided to to go down that so the plan was always to settle eventually in Australia. Yes, uh, that's uh, one of the main drive that I chose Australia over like England or America. But if I remember rightly, your background in Vietnam, at least in education, was a bit different to accounting to start with. Yeah, I had always been a um, quite ambitious girl. Mm. So I did like, I also I did a diploma of music performance in guitar at that time at the Conservatory of Music in Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City, because uh, like I had always wanted to be a musician. And then my family didn't think that it would be a stable career path. So they kind of direct me to down the business road. But uh, my house has always set in music. So that's why um, I kind of went away 
I uh, against their wish to 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 do uh, music on the side, and um, I did it for three years before that I had to give up to, to come here to study. But um, I I had always kind to find find a way back to music. My mom wanted me to to study um, in business, of course, because she was hoping for that she cared about me and wanted me to have a stable career, stable yeah. income, and maybe um, yeah, so an easy life, I I would say. But yeah, so uh, I did okay in accounting. Like I I studied hard because she put in such a huge investment in in my study. So I try to study as hard as I can and graduate with a good mark. Like um, yeah, so just to uh, to return her uh, her effort like it yeah. was it was such a hard time the three years that I studied because yeah. um, financially as well and as well I tried to adapt to to the new culture and I, I remember like sitting in lecture like couldn't understand a word mm. and start falling asleep because my brain was overworked to try to understand the content of the lecture as well as understanding uh, understand English yeah, and worried about like, what I'm gonna cook tonight for dinner what I'm how I'm gonna get money to pay for rent the next week kind of uh, it was a hard Three years, but I grew. I grew so much from that. And uh, when I look back now, I had always thankful for for my life in Tassie because Tasmania is such a welcoming environment at that time. And everywhere I went, I I met the people who made me myself today. So I'm I'm grateful for everything Tasmania had to offer me and still have to offer. My parents are from Hanoi, but I uh, was born in Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City, down south, and I grew up there. Um, I stayed for the first 19 years of my life in uh, Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City. The population density is very high. It's, it's a very dynamic city. I, I remember riding motorbike uh, for a good part of my um, adolescence. So, yeah, it is a crazy city. I, I love it, and it's a love-hate relationship because I, I grew so much because you know that you get to meet people everywhere you go and then it's a very dynamic so you have to like keep upskilling yourself but at the same time that process can make you stretch out it can be really tiring and can be really noisy so like Tasmania is a huge contrast So when I first arrived here, like of course the culture was different. Of course there was stereotype. But like you know, like the first week that I arrived, I stayed with two Vietnamese students. Like they were alumni at UTAS, and they was talking to me of how people got um, discriminated, how there were so many racist people, and even like they warned me about that. Of course I was scared, and of course I was like, wow, this place is not like a friendly one. Uh, what have I done? But then um, word is word, and what fact is fact like when I when I started uh, staying in accommodation at uni and get to meet my fellow student like my housemate at that time she's Hobart Hobartians she born and bred in Hobart and um, she was very welcoming and uh, I went to Utah and and then I went to supermarket I went to Salamanca and, like I've never seen a discriminated uh, discrimination incident ever like people always smiling helpful welcoming and uh, they were very patient with my English that uh, that time as well so I was like maybe it's just a rumor it's just stereotype and it's just a mindset that people have like uh, like when they're scared of being discriminated but actually no like um, maybe it's not it's not what they say you know <laughs> 
I remember like when I'm, I used to volunteer at the wilderness society and like people were so kind that they considered me like a part of their family like they took me to their place to have dinner and I remember the lady like she was quite elderly and she took the effort to take me out to her garden and try to show me a wallaby you know mm-hmm. like because I told her that I've never seen a wallaby before because I always stay in around Sandy Bay and very rarely to see a wallaby and a, or a possum and it was pitch black at night and she was like with her her light on you know her torch and try to find a wallaby to show me like she's so kind and it's like such memories stay with me like forever so that's why like the challenge bit it's just my mind it's just the thought like the little voice in my head and then I try to train it to tell me that yeah you can do it Grace you can do it you obviously had some really good experiences with meeting meeting locals that made a difference to you if you were to offer some advice to sort of newcomers here what do you think is a a good tip you could give about getting to know local people here better I have a couple. So firstly, just make sure that you go out more, honestly. Even even if you are an introverted person and you just prefer to sit in your room and play a game or read a book, it's worth the effort to come out more when you arrive into a new place. It just helps you with your language. It just helps you with like meeting new people and like overcome that barrier and come out for you to grow. So that's something. So even like maybe just go down to Salam- Salamanca Market like every Saturday and go into a vegetable shop and try to talk to the seller like how do you call this kind of vegetable in English like just simple like that but it's gonna help you so much with your self-esteem and your confidence so that's one bit and especially yeah always try to speak English as much as you can if you didn't have a chance to like speak it often at home it's gonna help like maybe you feel stupid with the way you speak or maybe you feel like yeah my language skill is never gonna be good enough but just keep trying because way down the track you're gonna thank yourself for it just to integrate with the with the life here go out more and you meet people i'm consider myself as a very introverted person actually but i i do take the effort to come out and meet people it's gonna help so much In Vietnam or in some the Asian country in general, we have a very collective mind. Like like um, so, uh, everyone is a community drive thing. So when you do something, you need to look out for the other people, what they think, whether you fit in, whether it's gonna affect like you know other like your family, your uh, your parents. Like you need to save their face. You know, don't do naughty things. Otherwise, here is quite more individualism. Like um, you know, you are you and you responsible for your own life like what you do don't affect other I remember like um, my friends like, I, I don't know whether all other Australians are like that but like my friends say that I, I just do what I want my mom don't care because I'm grown up already you know like I'm I'm over 18 years old already uh, I don't know it's just um, I, I, I can't say for everyone you know but like it's just some quite a few quite many of my friends have that mindset like they are their own person whilst in Vietnam like, like when I came, went back for my wedding uh, this ma- like in March this year. Uh, yeah, so although it was my wedding, but it got affected by so many other people in my family. I, I had to invite like nearly 500 people into my my wedding uh, reception because um, they're all the little connection, you know, like my mom's colleague and their family, and then my in-law colleague and someone that they ha- they've done business with or something like that. Yeah. 
so um, it's very community driven, very collective. Whilst here, like maybe you have like 30 or 60 people to your wedding because they only closely related to you, not to your family. So you got married in March. Yeah. Um, so you just in time, just before the whole. Yeah, pandemic. Pandemic. We were very lucky. I don't know whether you would believe in this kind of thing or not, but in Vietnam, we um, ash like the traditional astrology is very important in our lives. It's actually it, some of the people very very much believe in that. So uh, when we have some significant event in our life, for example, like buying a house, build a house, getting married, or even funeral or something like that, we would look at the star sign, make sure that it's match. So uh, my mom was looking at, you know, I'm, I've been with my partner for a few years and then my mom was like, well, when are you going to get married? And then next year is going to be a good year, so do it. And I was like, mom, we're not ready. Then uh, she, she was like, otherwise you're going to have to wait for about three more years before you can you can consider about the wedding. And then our, our grandparents is quite old. So we spoke about it and we said, okay, follow the stars. So yeah, that's and, and then coincidentally, the star helped us finish the wedding just before the pandemic hit Vietnam in a large scale. So somehow it makes sense. <laughs> and so, and also you're able to get back in time. Get back in time, just in time. I think a week after we arrived back in Australia and we were in quarantine, uh, the Australian government shut the border. When I left school, it was like an empty feeling, you know, like because I worked so hard during my uni time. And when I reached the end, I was like, now what? <laughs> what I'm going to do? At the school, it's very clear that like, you get good mark, you pass the unit. Like the goal was that's always very clear. And then when you finish school and start going to the real world, like, there's so many options. There's so many potential that you can take. So I, I got a little bit lost after school. and uh, But then, thank God, like, I was very blessed to have my first job at Hadley's Hotel. With Hadley's, like, I grew a lot from Hadley's Hotel as well, and I learned a lot about the hospitality industry in Tasmania. And I, I tried to, like, be the best version of myself. I, there were so many things I didn't know, you know, like, so many life skills I didn't have. What, what was an example of one of those life skills? Like, you know, like, for example, like, first aid. I didn't get to do first aid or, like, um, you know, how to work out correctly. Like, during uh, university, I was, like, working at the restaurant at night, studying in the morning, never have time to go to gym or participate in any sport events. So, like, like, you know, like, when you go into the gym and how to use, like, a machine in the gym, like, even how to turn on the treadmill and set the treadmill to, to work out, it's actually quite a fair bit to learn. So, uh, yeah, so I try to do that. Like I try to be a more holistic version of myself, like not just work, not just earning money, but also like sp spirituality, health, relationship kind of. I try to be more rounded and holistically. So of course, like if I just focus on working, I will earn a lot of money, but then I will pay with my health, I will pay with my relationship, I will be very lonely and I didn't want that. So I'd rather just everything moderate. I try to go out more. I try to go to different events, participated in like all sorts of activity that like you've seen me with yeah, the musical. I saw. Yeah. Was it a musical or a play? I can't a, remember. a musical, yeah. What What was the musical? It's called Avenue Q. It's Avenue a Broadway, Broadway uh, script. Uh, and that was Q. at the Playhouse. Playhouse Theatre. Yeah. Because I remember seeing the poster and. Uh, Oh my God, it's Grace. <laughs> I was really, yeah, and I was really, oh, good, good, you know, 
I mean, obviously, it got my attention hey, because I knew you, and yeah. I was like, oh, great. But also because it's so rare to see in Hobart an Asian person in a, <laughs> in a in a play. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's that's so you're a um, what's the pioneer in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't call myself pioneer. Maybe there's um, there's other play before, but like I think. Um, I dare say I'm one of the first Vietnamese member of the community here participate in a play uh, in a, in something like that down here. So how did you get how did you get involved with that? So before I was a member of the Southern Gospel Choir at the Conservatorium, like I told you, I always want to go back to music. So the choir was a good start for me, and I enjoyed it so much. And uh, one of my friends there, Andrew Morrisby, he's friend with um, the music director of the uh, the musical Avenue Q. Uh, his name is uh, so Andrew Morrisby, know Aaron Paul. And Aaron sent me an email saying that uh, we're looking for like uh, uh, someone to play an Asian character. So like, please don't take this the wrong way but we it, like the character has to be asian to bring out the 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 aspect that they want to deliver in the musical so they because basically the character want to fight off the stereotype that they have with asian uh, all around so this character is very um, different she has strong personality she has her own voice she she's like the soul of her family so um so yeah so they invited me and i was like yeah yeah that's something new and you know, I'm a bit crazy in the sense that when I see something new, I want to jump into it. So I uh, I auditioned to the part, and lucky me, I got the part. So I enjoy every single minute of it. Like a theater and theater world is a beautiful world, and I get to meet so many beautiful people, very talented people. Like um, you know, one of the girl won an Enrol Award, it's like a, a theater award, and I, I get to know how a musical is set up, how how to create a musical through the process so I'm, I'm grateful for that experience so like um so i play um a character called christmas eve she's uh she's japanese and she uh, she's migrated to new york have a very fat husband very yeah very lazy husband and uh, her husband was unemployed for a long time you know so uh, and then uh, you know like i've read about it with at least in american document like they always perceive um asian women as submissive where like never have their own voice always follow their husband and like very um, like you know suppressed in a way in their lives don't have a career just uh, homebound something like that so this character is like the opposite she has a strong voice in her family her husband follow whatever she say and she she has two master degree very smart yeah so uh, it is an interesting character so that's why uh, I think it's a very meaningful one and mm. I loved it I think I was very judgmental when I was younger and then uh, here I learned about different uh, people from different backgrounds I learned to empathize with people I tried different type of food you know like I, I used to work at an Indian restaurant down in Sandy Bay Chili's and I, I get to eat like, different type of Indian food every day before I couldn't do it because the spice was so strong but then when I you really embrace it I, I learned the beauty of it yeah and then I, I have Saudi, a friend from Saudi Arabia 
Arabia. Like, can you imagine just a small instance, example? Like in Vietnam, when I thought of yogurt, I thought of sweet yogurt with fruit, with jam, you know. And I always I ate sweet yogurt for 20 years. And then when I came here, they actually have sour yogurt, like no sugar, and they put on top of meat. You know, I, they have it with kebab and you know couscous and things like that. It's like wow, I've never eaten like this before. And at first, I I was scared of the idea, but then when I tried it, I was like, wow, it's just a nice balance between grease and sourness, and it's so like creamy, you know, and it's amazing. So just keep, I learned to keep an open mind, and if I find myself become really judgmental of something, I was like, just take a breath, I take I take a deep breath, and try to look at it in a different perspective, you know, because um that what makes Tasmania amazing, like you know, when I can only imagine how how the local people try to be open mind and embrace the new immigrant coming here. And, uh, and uh, I think I do the same, I will do the same. But is there anything that you particularly uh, miss about Vietnam or Vietnamese culture when you're here? I do miss a lot. Uh, I'm like, especially the song. <laughs> okay. I, I remember the first uh, Month when I arrived here, I actually just keep listening to Vietnamese song again and again and again, because in Vietnam I have a um, group of uh, ballroom dancing people that we dance at the park, and dancing make make me happy. I feel so happy. So when I arrive here, I I don't have that group anymore. And I find myself just listening to that song like day in, day out, every single minute, like just repeating the song. I didn't know that it was homesick until like I realized, yeah, maybe I miss it so much. And uh, I miss the food, of course, because um, something very simple like a rice dish can took hours and so much effort to create, recreate here. Because um, the ingredient is different, the price is different, and like just to gather, like run around from Asian shop to Asian shop, try to find find all the ingredient. It's not ready readily available. So like just a very simple rice dish can take like days to make, and that make me realize how easy I had it in Vietnam. You know. Uh, like no no way is like home like you know when when you when I was younger I was like yay I'm going to try something new going to a new place and learn something new every day but then now I get older I realize that like a part of me has always been Vietnamese and the more I embrace it the more I appreciate who I am and uh, it's helped me to open my heart to other people. Um, I got my first job at Hadley's Hotel. Um, so before I was, it's true, my network. So basically, I learned about it uh, right the first day I was at uni. Um, so back then, I I was very, uh, people warned me about the job potential in Tasmania. There's not so many jobs available. And I was very worried because I took a big loan to pay for my uni. So I need to make sure that I can find a job after school to pay back. So, so I went to ask for the international student advisor at that time. And she, I was like, how am I going to get a job? I'm very scared of that. 
and she just smiled at me and said, Grace, um, Hobart is a small city, so everyone tends to know each other. And people would choose the people they know before over someone that they don't know. So from there, I was like, okay, I got to get people to know about me. So it's linked back to with the, the part where you need to go out more and talk to more people strategically. Um, so I, I expand my network within university and try to get to know people in industry more and I get to meet my mentor and now like my proxy parent now Polly Venning and she's an amazing lady at that time that she took me in and she she took me to function and she was so kind like she do things that I wouldn't ex- even expect like she would pay for my ticket to go to a very big function for example like the budget breakfast where I get to hear the premier talk about like the, the budget for, for Tasmania for the next year is huge and um, she paid for it for me she took me to different function to introduce me to people and taught me okay to uh, create my own business card exchange business card with uh, with people to to get the people in industry to know about me so I get to go to Mondelez you know the Capri factory I, I get to meet people working in Hayes recruitment and uh, hence I get to know people at the, the old Woolstar apartment hotel and at that time there was like oh they they're looking for a food and beverage attendant uh, basically just a wait- waitressing tr- job Polly introduced me there and was like just apply you don't know what you're gonna get and so thanks to my network I get my first job at the Woolstock and that job was very nice because they um, they have better pay than other jobs I learned about the process of how a hotel works as well so I worked there for a year and then um, the Woolstock bought Hadley's Hadley's Hotel and they need a new accountant so I decided to apply and it's linked back to what my student advisor said like people would choose the people they know before someone else they already know me I already worked at the hotel for a year so my art was bigger and I, I get to be a, their assistant accountant and uh, yeah so that's how I got my first job so networking is super important in Tasmania like um, people know someone they know someone else just keep linking the bridge and some, somehow you get there uh, tap into the hidden job market I think yeah I used to in the another interview a few days ago I used the term secret circle you've got to break into the secret circle in Tasmania yeah. because uh, yeah that's a really great story I hope uh, many uh, people listen to your advice so to add to that like you gotta be really genuine so you gotta be who you are when you're networking so like when they say they know you like they know your true person that your true personality your skill and they know they get to know you as a person so to be able to gain that kind of quality network you need to be really true to who you are You, you, you need to know who you are you need to be genuine so when you have that mindset when you network Working, you you're more likely to gain quality network whilst otherwise um, it's not gonna it's just only waste your time without getting you anywhere if you you're not your you, you're not being true to yourself you know what I mean like they, they know you but they don't really know that you're a real person it's not a quality network so uh, yes and there's so many kind people out there like when they like I learned that when they reach people reach to a certain level of success they really genuinely want to help other to be as successful as they are just it's just a message i want to send to my uh, audience is that um just really trust in the goodness of humanity i guess like there are so many kind people out there and just go out there and meet them Hmm.